0: Chapter 11 Instructions for Righteous Trading All who follow in the way of Mr. Badman consider this to be a frivolous question. It's also a difficult question, yet I will endeavor to outline an answer for you. First, in regards to your question, is the matter of how a man with a careful conscience should handle this. Secondly, it asks how he should prepare himself in the practice of it. As for the first part of your question, a person must observe what has already been outlined, namely that he must have integrity toward God and love toward his neighbor. Along with this, I will add that he needs much fairness in his dealings. Therefore, in his practice, let him stay within the limits summarized in those eight reasons we just covered. These establish that in their dealings with others men should do nothing other than deal justly. And mercifully. In so doing, there's no great fear of wronging the seller, the buyer, or himself. But in particular, here's how to prepare or instruct a man in this effort. First, let the tradesman or others take into account that in an abundance of great gains, they won't find what most men think, because all that a man has over and above what serves his present essentials, and to pay for what is needed. Serves only to support the lusts of the eyes. For what good is there to the owners thereof, except the beholding of them with their eyes? Ecclesiastes 5 11. Many times the gathering of riches is also a snare to men's souls. Scripture For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out, so that sustenance and covering, let us be content with this. For those that desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. First Timothy 6 verses 7 through 9. Few see good by gaining riches, but Mr. Badman couldn't stand to think in this way. Second, consider that the realization of wealth. Through dishonest means, like he who gains wealth without good ethics, integrity, and love toward his neighbor, is a great offense against God. For this reason, he says, I have smitten my hand at thy dishonest gain which thou hast made. Ezekiel 22, verse 13. This manner of speech shows anger at the very making mention of the crime. Third, take into account that a little that is honestly acquired, though it might just yield a dinner of herbs for you at a time, is better than a fatted calf obtained in an evil manner. Scripture Better is a dinner of vegetables where love is than a fatted calf and hatred therewith. Proverbs 15, verse 17 Better is a little with righteousness than a great number of fruits with injustice. Proverbs 16, verse 8. Fourth, be confident that the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he weighs all his goings. Proverbs 5, verse 21. And also that he notices them, writes them down, and seals them in a bag against the time to come. Scripture, my transgression is sealed up in a bag, and thou dost sew up my iniquity. Job 14, verse Fifth, be sure that you remember that you don't know the day of your death. Also remember that when death comes, God will give you riches for which you've worked. Perhaps you laid bare your soul to one whom you didn't know, whether he would be wise or a fool. And then, what profit has he that has labored for the wind? Ecclesiastes 5, verse 16. Besides, you'll have nothing you can carry in your hand. Guilt will go with you, though, if you've gained your wealth and property dishonestly, and those you leave it to will also receive it to their harm. So these things should be properly considered and made use of for the preparing of your heart for the business of buying and selling. This brings us to the next point, which shows you how to live the practice of this intended skill. Are you to buy or sell? If you sell, don't formally praise, and if you buy, don't criticize, but give the thing you have an honest and just value and worth, because you cannot knowingly do otherwise unless you are of a covetous and wicked mind. For what other reason are commodities overvalued by the seller or undervalued by the buyer? Scripture. It is bad, it is bad, the buyer says. But when he has gone his way, then he boasts. Proverbs 20, verse 14. What has such a man done then but lied by criticizing and thus devaluing his bargain? And why did he do this? Because his greedy mind decided to wrong and trick the seller. Are you a seller whose things seem to grow more valuable in your sight? Don't plan to hold them up at a higher value to the buyer, because this can't be done without wickedness, because this is making the shekel great. Amos 8, verse 5. Are you a buyer, and do things grow precious in your sight? Don't use cunning or deceitful language to pull down their value, because that can only be done wickedly, too. Do you ask, What then shall we do? I say, Leave things in the hands of God and with fairness submit to His hand. But in view of the fact that things grow dear for a time, the hand that approves the price is stronger than the hand that wants to pull it lower. That stronger hand belongs to the seller, who loves to have his commodity considered valuable, especially if it will increase in value in his hand. Therefore pay attention and be careful not to have a hand in it, if it might hurt you and your neighbor in these three ways. First, by claiming your commodity is scarce, when that isn't the truth, take special care and accept it as a foreshadowing of what will happen in the future. It was for this the captain on whose hand the king leaned was trampled to death in the gate of Samaria in the second book of Kings. Scripture and the king appointed the prince on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people trode upon him in the gate, and he died, as the man of God had said, who spoke when the king came down to him. 2 Kings 7 17. This sin has a double evil in it it denies the present blessing of God among us, and it undervalues the riches of his goodness, which can make all good things abound towards us. Second, this wicked thing can be done by hoarding up, while the hunger and needs of the poor call for it. God chose His dislike against this, as He allows the people to curse such hoarders. Scripture, He that withholds the grain, the people shall curse him, but blessing shall be upon the head of him that sells it. Proverbs 11, verse 26. Third, but if these things come about, be grieved. Also be fair in all your selling, and be sure to let the poor have a small quantity and sell your grain to those in need. When you sell, show mercy to the poor. For his sake, because he is poor, sell to him below the market price. This is an example of buying and selling with good conscience, with integrity. Don't wrong your buyer, and you will not be wronged. Because God will surely reward you. Scripture Among the smooth stones of the valley is thy portion. They, they are thy lot. Even unto them hast thou poured a drink offering. Thou hast offered a present. Should I not avenge these things? Upon the lofty and high mountain thou hast set thy bed. Even there thou didst go up to offer sacrifice. Behind the doors also and the posts, Thou hast set up thy remembrance, for thou hast discovered thyself to another than me, and art gone up thou hast enlarged thy bed and made thee a covenant with them thou didst love their bed wherever thou didst see it isaiah fifty seven verses six through eight I've spoken concerning grain, but your duty is to let your moderation be known unto all men. the Lord is near Philippians four verse five